0: What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talkers. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. We are coming to you live once again here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, St. Vincent College, home of Steelers. Training camp day thirteen in the books. Plenty of action as they prepare for preseason game two to host the Buffalo Bills. It was a warm one, but it wasn't as warm as Tampa Bay. How you feeling, my friend?
1: Feeling good. You know, I never thought I'd miss uh coming out to Latrobe, but we had what, like three days, four, three days, I think, away from away from this beautiful place. So it was good to be back. Good to watch some Steelers football again and have some some real stuff to think about, you know, after a real NFL game. We got to see some of those new faces, how they interact with one another, and got to see the first teams, you know, rip a little bit. So, yeah, it was a good day out here.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I think that at this point in training camp, things are slower, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're dull or that things are boring it just means that we know more about who the pittsburgh steelers are and what to expect from them this season so it's no more oh cody white's having a great day is he going to make the 53-man roster the hakeem butler watch the luke barku watch so on and so forth it is this is who we have let's prepare for the regular season the steelers are starting to do so plenty of action from st vincent college i do want to touch on the injuries but first you had a, a couple of ob- observations broderick jones has been a major talking point for the pittsburgh steelers all off season long and at this point there are fans that believe that he should be in the starting lineup or should earn a starting job at some point his performance as a whole matt canada said today was good bounced back after maybe a slow start you heard you kind of a, a little glimpse of mike tomlin today Let's walk through that. That's where we'll start here.
1: Yeah. So uh the offense and the team really split up between uh, you know, quarterbacks, backs, receivers, defensive backs, linebackers, and uh the defensive and the offensive line to do some kind of seven on seven-ish, sort of one-on-one stuff. Um, I was watching the the line play, um, and you saw Mike Tomlin repeatedly pull Broderick Jones out of the back of the drill, put him in uh to face Nick Herbig. Um Herbig's been you know, one of the big standouts from camp, one of the best pass rushers. Um, and I think he had a good day in the preseason game against Tampa Bay. Um, so Mike Comlin really challenged uh, Broderick Jones to to face him, go one-on-one with him. Um, it was not, you know – decided big wins for for either uh for either Broderick or Nick Herbig I mean these were two two rookies who have emerged as as stars, I would say. I mean some of the best in there, you know, Broderick had the pedigree. Nick not as much, but Nick has really played himself into uh, a lot of hype here at camp. Broderick Ars obviously came in with the hype. Um but Mike Tomlin challenged him. Um I think they split four reps. It was one on one. Um you know Broderick got away or uh got away with a hold on one of these reps. He stonewalled uh Herbig on a, on a different rep. um, And then they split the, the last two ones when they came back in after other people um, went at each other. But I I remember after the first rep uh, where Broderick kind of committed that hold, um, there weren't any referees around, but it was pretty obvious. Um, Mike Tomlin was saying, uh -uh, not good enough, not good enough uh, for number 77. Um, So it was just interesting to see Mike Tomlin push this guy. Obviously there's, there's a lot of talent there, but there's a, there's a lot of expectations that come with that. And, Broderick I think has been fine I think really up and down like there are times where like I said when he is able to just swallow up Nick Herbig as he tries to do that spin move or just you know uh, get his uh, you know use his speed to get around him Broderick was able to slide his feet well Um, but you know there are other times like I said where he just looks like a step slow and where it looks like he's still you know learning how to use his hands and and things like that the the more raw elements of his talent did come through sometimes too and you know, in some senses, uh, like like you alluded to, people want Broderick to start right away and be the superstar left tackle right away. Um, just given where he was drafted and what the Steelers did to get him, but you know, I think the coaching staff is trying to find strike a balance between expecting a lot of him and bringing yeah. him along slowly. Um, and I think you saw a good example of that today when he was doing one on ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I like where Tomlin goes with that because it, it is a work in progress and Broderick shouldn't be looked at as I don't think that you deserve anything to be a first round pick. Like, I, I just think that you come in here and you have to compete just like everybody else. And much like Joey Porter Jr. and George Pickens are battling it out. I want to see more Broderick Jones versus Nick Herbig, especially with Nick Herbig kind of taken off here at, in training camp would like to see more of that. I like that Mike Tomlin is pushing that. I like that he's not letting them get away with things. I think that was the biggest thing is Broderick kind of showed like, Hey, I am a little raw. I I do have work to do. I'm not a perfect product. And I think we all knew that coming in here is that Broderick was a guy who needed a little bit of work who, yeah, at some point probably could be a franchise left tackle, but for the shout out to the photographers who were walking by here, but could be a guy who's a franchise left tackle, but for the time being, is a guy who is developing and could develop into a start of the season. Mike Tomlin wants to see that, but there are no shortcuts. And I, I like that they did that. I like that they kind of pushed him a little bit. And to the same degree, I think that it helps him and Nick Herbig. And if that's the future, I very much so enjoy that competition.
1: Right. Both these guys, the future. Um, so, I mean, this is going to be the, I don't even know. This could be Jukes and Alex Highsmith, or Jukes and TJ Watt. Like these are the battles that we're going to see, I think, well into the future. Um, and so it's interesting to see the guys go against each other, uh, go against each other now, and see where they're at now. Then we can compare it later. Um, and I also think these are two guys who could see, see. These are two guys who I think are NFL caliber players. So to test each other, to test fellow rookies against guys that you think might play a bunch this year. That you think are NFL worthy competition, I think is significant too. And uh, the results of these, these one-on-ones are, you know, significant may not be the right word, but they're, they're noticeable and they're important and they, they're just, they're data points on, you know, there are a couple data points on a long list of, of stuff that you're going to evaluate these guys on, but these reps do matter yeah. and they're, they're fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. They are, this is, where are they now? How good are they against each other because they both should be quality competition. And at the same point, you know, you've heard it and I've heard it probably about a million times in the last three weeks. Iron sharpens iron. And you're going to push that narrative. And the best way to do that is to practice what you preach. And you're going to get that in Nick Herbig and Broderick Jones so I, I think that's the nicest or the best observation that we've come up with today at training camp which is a good one because I think that's significant for the the growth and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers they are dealing with some injuries as we approach week two of the preseason Nate Herbig goes down today with the shoulder injury Larry Ogunjobi's walking around in a walking boot meanwhile Demonte KZ and Keanu Neal come back for the first time and. Well over a week, I would say, for both of them, multiple weeks for DeMonte KZ. Good news and bad news. Let's start with Nate Herbig. Excuse me. He goes out, shoulder injury. Kevin Dotson's already dealing with a minor shoulder injury. Kendrick Green, I think, has lost all opportunities to play center this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're looking at this team right now, and their backups looked pretty bad against Tampa Bay. To lose probably their best backup right now, and a guy who was probably going to be their primary backup center. Tough spot to be in if this is significant.
1: Absolutely. Um, 100% agree. Like you said, there were not many promising things to draw from the non-first drive reps of the that the offensive line had on Friday night. Um, you know, say what you will about the quarterback play, but their offensive line did not do them many favors. Um, no. And losing Nick Herbig is, is huge. This is a guy who... I think his starter quality, uh, when you think about just kind of the NFL at large and he probably wasn't going to start for the Steelers, but still that's like, that's a huge depth piece that you, that you lose think, especially thinking about center, uh, when you think about, you know, him maybe being one of the primary backup centers, like Kendrick greens, your, oh, yeah. your next guy there. And uh, for as good a day, I thought Kendrick looked fine in, uh, in some one-on-one drills. He beat uh mon adams twice and is playing center in one-on-one drills but man if that's your if that's your long-term if that's your long-term solution that's that's really tough um that's it's not something i think you'd like to see as a pittsburgh steelers fan
0: no it's probably the worst case scenario for the pittsburgh steelers and on top of that i thought kevin Dotson didn't play well against tampa bay i get it he's dealing with the shoulder thing i thought i mean we both saw kendrick green had the worst night of anybody in Pittsburgh, including Mitch Trubisky who had a terrible night, but of anybody in Pittsburgh, I thought Kendrick Green played the worst against the Buccaneers. Terrible spot to be in. We just got to, I think the Steelers have to hope that it's not serious. And if it is serious, I think then you start looking and you start saying, Hey, maybe we look outside this roster right now. Maybe we see who gets cut with the 90 man trim. Who knows? But I don't think you could walk into the season with Kendrick Green as your backup center slash guard, and then Kevin Dotson as your other option and say, oh, we're comfortable with this because if Mason Cole goes down, we have Kendrick Green. I just think that's – I mean, maybe you consider Ryan McCollum, but I don't think Ryan McCollum has impressed me much during training camp. I think you're looking at this right now and just saying, Herbig's either got to be healthy, and this has got to be something that isn't significant, or you might have to start thinking about another option in free agency – and I get right now it's scraps, but guys will get cut, And if that's where you got to find somebody, that's where you got to find somebody.
1: Right. Like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be slim pickings, but you don't have many options if you're the Steelers. This is this is the hand you've been dealt. So you kind of got to deal with that. Um, but I agree. If this is anything remotely long term, you got to bring in someone else to to plug the holes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Larry Joe being a walking boot, I think right now my thoughts on that is During training camp and during the offseason, a walking boot could be precautionary. Demonte KZ was in a walking boot. At times, it's just let's not cause any further damage. But at the same time, this is a guy who is only a year plus, I guess, two years now removed from a Liz Frank injury that shut down his season with the Cincinnati Bengals. He dealt with the toe injury for most of last season. To come in here and get hurt the day before preseason game and now you're in walking boot, I think there is cause for some concern for the Steelers. I think they just have to hope that maybe we're over-exaggerating a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, thinking Larry o specific, this is definitely concerning. For someone else, like you said, maybe not. But, you know, as far... This is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with Nick Herbig. Like, I'm not super worried about the depth that they have along the defensive line, quite honestly. I think Larry o, is a starter, and that's significant, obviously, if you have to lose him for any amount of time. But yeah. I thought Keanu Benton looked really good in his debut. Um, I think Mont Adams has had a pretty good camp. I think uh, even Braden Fajoko has looked pretty good. I think he looked pretty good in the uh, in the preseason game. I'm trying to think who else. The names kind of escape me. But I, overall, I'm just not super worried, quite honestly, about about the the depth that they have there. And I'm less worried about Joby being out for a while versus someone like Herbie.
0: Yeah, and I think that... Worst case scenario, DeMarvin Leal gains some starting experience at that position and you feel good about that. But at the same time, like there is a drop off from Larry O to any of these guys and to have Larry O healthy was such an emphasis this season. And this summer was everybody was talking about, oh, Larry O's healthy. This is what you're this is what you're getting. You're getting a much better player. You're getting a guy who could do twice as much as he did a year ago in that role and then the night before the first preseason game, he goes down with an injury. I just think that looking at his past, looking at everything that's recently happened, injury concerns are always there with this guy. you got to hope that it's nothing serious. If it is, I mean, we'll get an early look at DeMarvin Leal, but the Steelers signed this guy to a big contract, so to lose him this early, it would stink. It would not be ideal for that situation. It's a wait-and-see game for them. It's a it's a wait-and-see game for everybody. In the meantime, we will see plenty of DeMarvin Leal, and I doubt that Larry Ogajope steps foot on a football field during the preseason because of this. The return of DeMonte KZ and Keanu Neal, huge. We both talked to DeMonte t- today, and he said that he's not 100%. He's 105%. He's been kicked out of the rehab facility. He's ready to go. There's no more holding him back. Um, didn't realize that he spent six years with Keanu Neal, so... They didn't really need any time to get familiar. Him and Minka Fitzpatrick had a year together. So I feel like everything, it it looks good for the safety position so far. So I did not know that. Where did they spend the six years together? I'm guessing, I guess Atlanta. It would have to be Atlanta. Oh, yeah. They both Because that's where they both started their career. So I guess they lined up there. I didn't put that together. I don't think many people put that together. Because when I was standing in that little three-man scrum and he said that, I think all three of us looked at each other just like, I I didn't realize I didn't realize that was a thing. Um, he kind of said it real confident, like, "Oh yeah, me and Keanu spent six years ago. I was like, "Oh, I cover the Steelers, man. I don't, I don't, I don't." <laughs> I'm not in the land of Falcons expert. I am not. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I I, no. I hadn't, I hadn't thought
1: about that either. You know, I just kind of assumed Demonte KZ was the type of player who had been with the Steelers for long enough that you're worried about conditioning, and that's what he said to me was, "Look, I'm 105%. It's just about." getting back into shape and and making sure I'm in game shape for the time the start of the season comes around. I don't think there's anything schematic chemistry wise, you know, that they have to worry about. Um, It's really, like you said, just about, first of all, keeping KZ healthy. Um, You just want to make sure he's dealt with a couple injuries in different spots. So you just want to make sure you're, you're being cautious. And like you said, and like he said, just keeping him in game shape um, by the time the start of the season rolls around. Other than that, you know, K Z, just keep them fresh. You know, that's that's the real thing I'm worried about.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. Do you expect either of them to play in the preseason?
1: I yes, I do. Um, I think they'll play in this one, right? Like I think the defense as a whole, like for as much as I said you you know, you don't need a ton of reps together. I would like to see, you know, like we saw last week, you know, maybe one drive or the whole starting defenses yeah. together, just so you can get some stuff on film, play with some live bullets and and see what happens. Um, but I, I'm not I don't think it'll be much more than one or two drives together. Maybe Neal gets in with the second team a little bit more. Um, He's a guy who could probably play a little bit more, but uh, I think for KZ especially, like, nah, like it'll be maybe one or two drives at the most.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I could see them playing against Buffalo. Don't see them playing against Atlanta. No no, no chance. At that point, it'll be no Tanner game. Morgan. Yeah, yeah, no revenge game for either of those guys. It'll be Tanner Tanner Morgan all game, and every backup you could possibly come up with just to get some reps. Everybody else... Taking a break. I agree. Hopefully good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see on Saturday. Would like to see those guys along with like names like Joey Porter, Patrick Peterson out there. Um, Levi Wallace played last week, but I'd like to see all them again on the field at one time. Let's dive into, I think, the biggest concern right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is the cornerback position. I brought out my 53 man roster following the preseason opener. I had one outside signing. Coming into Pittsburgh before the end of the summer, before their 53 man roster is finalized. That is at the cornerback position. What I saw from James Pierre and Luke Barcou in Tampa Bay was atrocious. I thought both of them, I thought James Pierre gave Luke Barcou such a good opportunity to take advantage of poor play and say, hey, look at, I'm ready to carry the momentum that he had the last two weeks of training camp and say, or or even the last week of training camp and say, look at, I could take this into a game. Here's my big play. Let's move on. I have the advantage now. Didn't do so. James Pierre, nine solo tackles, which is the worst stat you could possibly have for a cornerback. Terrible game for both of them. I think right now, you know, if there's a position that the Steelers have to go out and get, in my opinion, it's corner.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think especially for right now, just you don't know what Joey Porter Jr.'s uh, uh, deal is, but yeah, yeah, I'm not very confident at all in the guys behind him. Luke Barku, I think, was someone who came in with I wouldn't call them expectations, but a little bit of hype, um, a little bit of, oh, this guy could be something. Like you know, talented. I-, I like him as an athlete. You know, like his frame, long arms, things of that nature. Uh, but yeah. just has not been impressive to the level which I think a lot of people were hoping that he would be. Um, and then James Pierre, uh, I think started real strong in training camp, but has really not. Has only gotten worse as time went on. Um, Jeff Hathorn actually made the a good point that his his like best best rep of coverage uh from friday night was the one he gave a touchdown up on like he yeah, it really was,
0: it really <laughs> yeah. was. And yeah even and... that he was he was two steps the only reason it was good coverage is because the ball hung in the air so long that right. he could catch up to it before that i mean when they when the camera turns to that wide receiver james pierre is like three yards in front of him and the guy's standing in the corner of the end zone and you're going what are you doing like and, and it just got worse from there i mean and luke barku I thought was the same way like James Pierre. At one point, James Pierre added to his tackle total because Luke Barku was so far behind his guy by the time that wide receiver and it was Trey Palmer who tore these guys up, caught the football. James Pierre had to catch the football, And that's the thing is it wasn't top tier talent. You know, like last year, I believe I could be wrong on this, you know, and, and sometimes my memory does does mistaken me, but I'm almost positive that Tampa Bay, when the Steelers hosted Tampa Bay last season, it was Josh Jackson and James Pierre on the outside started that game against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they they held their own. Like, they played quality football. And you go up against Trey Palmer and some other dude that I do not know for the whole game, and you're giving up passes left and right, and you look like you can't hang. And I just thought that it was, you know, especially for a guy like James Pierre, like, I look at him, this year as the same person as Anthony McFarlane, this is it, do or die. You're yeah. going to come in here and showcase that you could be an NFL player and that you can contribute and that it's all catching up to you and you are ready to go, or you could look at it and say, yeah, no, I'm not built for this. I can't do this. I'm i am inconsistent. You know, I'm just not somebody you could count on. And I think right now you're looking at this guy going, I can't count on him. And then Luke Barku, just like you said, had some hype especially at the end of minicamp, making some plays, made some plays the last week at training camp. You felt good about him going into the preseason game. He looked just as bad. I just don't think they have an answer right now. And you cannot roll one of those guys out there because Patrick Peterson is 33 years old, so you cannot rely on him for an entire season, whether you want to or not. Joey Porter Jr. is a rookie, so you can't rely on him for an entire season, whether you want to or not. Injuries happen. You cannot roll one of these two out and say, oh yeah, we could win against the makings of T Higgins and Jamar chase and Amari Cooper and Oda Buckham junior and Zay flowers and all these other names that the Steelers have to play for the 2023 season. They just, it's just not going to work.
1: Yeah. Like I completely agree about James Pierre. I think that's a great analogy. Like Anthony McFarland, who has taken full opportunity of his. Yep. You can call it his last chance. I feel like that's, that's fair enough to to say like, and James Pierre is just on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, And James Pierre is a guy who you could maybe have lived with some of the mistakes that he made when he was younger, uh mm-hmm. and when you thought there was some potential there, but yeah, just not enough uh for him at this stage of his career. And he is just losing trust, I think, more and more. I think it was someone the Steelers really wanted to believe in and really wanted to because they kept him around for a while when yeah, yeah. They they probably didn't have to. Um but yeah this this is not trending in the right direction for him. It would take a pretty dramatic turnaround. I think first of all for James to stick around, to give himself a fighting chance, to to stick around, to even, like, quite honestly, stay on the practice squad. uh, Versus, and then a complete another step for the team to trust him enough to say, yeah, we can play you in a real regular season game and and feel comfortable with you out there for any stretch of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it's going to work. I think you have to sign somebody. I don't think it's going to happen now, and I think that's going to be the argument and has been the argument. I've talked with people, and they've said, well, who are you going to sign? Nobody right now, there's nobody out there, but in two weeks, 32 teams are going to cut 37 people. So there will be plenty of options to choose from and not all of them are going to be quality signings, but some of them, some of them will be given an opportunity, you know, and I look at it like Jameer Jones. Last year, where the Steelers just saw, we spent the whole summer talking about is Derek Tushka developed enough to be the outside linebacker three? And then the second that the Steelers had an opportunity, they traded for Malik Reed and signed Jameer Jones or claimed Jameer Jones off waivers and ditched Derek Tushka. I see that coming with the corners 100. percent I think they're going to sign somebody, maybe make a late trade. Who knows? William Jackson's still out there. You want to go sign William Jackson? Go sign William Jackson third. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, but it's better than that option. Like, it's better if he could stay on the field. He's better than James Pierre and Luke Barku, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, I just, Definitely. there's, there, there are options out there. And if you could find a cheap enough one that makes sense, you have to. And I think that the Steelers will, if I had to guess, that's the one signing that's going to come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you you make a good point about there is someone, I mean, think about, try like, think about there is someone out there who has the equivalent of, the Steelers defensive line or receivers room at cornerback, like just way too deep, got too many bodies and someone just was ended up being the odd man out. Probably were Mm -hmm. probably based on talent alone and production alone could have been a player good enough for the 53rd man, but just not enough room Uh, too many guys in front of him. So I I think there will be NFL quality players available after those rounds of cuts come through. So just kind of two sides to that for uh, like, James Pierre and Luke Barku are kind of going to get a second chance. They're going to have some opportunities, I think, over the rest of the preseason to fight their roster spot. But like I said, it's going to take a pretty dramatic turnaround, I think, for the Steelers to not jump on one of those guys who gets cut uh, later in the in the preseason.
0: Yep, yep. And I've, that's everybody should be waiting for it because it'll be exciting. Corners are exciting. Hopefully it's a name. We'll see what happens, but... There's no way you could walk into the regular season and say, well, worst case scenario, James Pierre could play corner for us. Nope. He cannot. not. No chance. All right. Last thing I want to talk about. I might be the only one on this train right now. I think I am the only one on this train right now, but the Pittsburgh Steelers might have a quarterback competition between Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. No, Kenny Pickett is not in trouble of losing his job. I know a lot of people are going to misinterpret that and say, Oh, Kenny no chance yeah I know I agree with you no chance Mitch Trubisky looked absolutely atrocious against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I get it was limited reps but he looked bad which was shocking because he looked really good in training camp up until the preseason game finished the game with a 0.0 QBR which which is literally is yeah yeah exactly it is literally as bad as you can get meanwhile Mason Rudolph comes out seven for 12 I think 132 yards and a touchdown Deep ball to Calvin Austin. Looked real good. Ran the football a little bit, which I thought was impressive. Looked good. He's entering year six. He's been here a while. I don't know, man. I think that I look at this and I say, I understand why you kept Mitch Trubisky. I understand why you brought back Mason Rudolph. I don't understand why they can't switch spots on the depth chart if one's better than the other. I absolutely agree. Um, like, I don't think there's any reason. Like, yeah, Mitch has had a good
1: training camp. I don't think yeah. that's enough for you to say. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous for us to even introduce the idea of a competition. I'm not sure I'm there yet in saying I- I'm not gonna, you know, make Mason the number two right now. You know, I-, I don't think you're going that far either just yet. But I don't think it's completely unreasonable to say that there can be a competition and that maybe there should, um, yeah. because Mitch, for as good, like I said, for as good as training camp as there been as he's had. I, I don't know if that's enough to just anoint him the backup right away. Um, that's that seems a little premature to me, and just like yes. not something that you need to do at all. Like, wh- like what do I need to protect Mace, uh, Mitch Mitch Trubisky's feelings or something like that? Like, no, there's we're not. You know, I yeah, I I just can't think of a reason why Mason can't compete for that role, especially if hey, man, like those are real game reps, like. Yeah, they were against backups, but he that's did the that worst the part
0: is they were. But Mitch was against backups, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he looked and I don't get me wrong. I think that pass to Cody White was on Cody White, but I don't yeah. think it was a perfect ball. So I'm not like fully excusing Mitch from that one. And and that wasn't like the only said, pass that he threw. That wasn't the yeah. only bad pass. Exactly. Exactly. He just had a rough night. And the thing is, is. Like we had we had the conversation and we we had the debate and we were sitting here talking about this in the middle of the season last year about who's gonna start Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubitsky because Mitch Trubitsky looked so atrocious against the Baltimore Ravens when he had to step in for a concussed Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubitsky has shown that he can struggle before. You know, he he's also stepped up and he won games and he and he beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he needed to last year, but he's also struggled and I just don't think that he has the body of work to say, I immediately should be guaranteed a spot over Mason Rudolph. I just don't think that he's, I just don't think he's done that in Pittsburgh, you know, and at the same time, I'm not saying Mason Rudolph has because Mason Rudolph surely has his down times and his bad spots on his resume when it comes to being a Pittsburgh Steeler, but he's had his good marks and he's looked good at times and he looked good last night and it's a new season. It's a slight clean. These are both, Veterans, like veteran veterans in the NFL. So it's not about, oh, well, he has the bigger name, or, you know, if it was Tanner Morgan versus Mitch Trubisky and Tanner Morgan had himself a ball game against Tampa Bay, it'd be, we'd still have this conversation, but it would make more sense to say, well, Mitch is proven and there's a reason that he's here. And, you know, you're going to expect struggles from an undrafted guy, even if he looked good in a preseason game against backups. It's another conversation to say Mitch Trubisky looked terrible and Mason Rudolph who's on the same playing field as him looked really good against the same competition so maybe we should start talking about whether or not and again there's two more games and those two games will decide it but I just don't think you could throw that away I think that right now that's a conversation that should be had
1: yeah absolutely and I kind of think of it as when you're dealing with backup quarterbacks I think you think about where the floor is I mean you're not thinking about ceilings when you get to your second or third string quarterback you're thinking about floors and who can kind of keep your head above water the best. And I don't know. I Maybe it's just me, but I feel like Mason and Mitch have similar floors when you're thinking about, yeah, like, okay. Am I going to be, are the the Pittsburgh Steelers a markedly worse football team with Mason Rudolph in than Mitch Trubisky? I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say that right now. I don't know if I can make a definitive judgment on that right now. So yeah, we're not, you know, like you said, it's not about, oh, I think Mason's the better player, but Mason should at least get a chance to, we can introduce this idea and have them compete a little bit and we can leave this open because neither one of them have separated themselves in, in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I we did not see that training camp today. It was Mitch Trubisky as the backup and remains so. And maybe that's just Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada being Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada, a little hard-headed at times, but... If they go into, if Buffalo comes to Pittsburgh and the same situation happens again, because I doubt Tanner Morgan gets the same amount of playing time, if if any playing time against the the Bills. Well, they
1: got to they got to rest him up for week three. when he's Yeah,
0: that's yeah, true. Know. when he, Yeah, he's got a real opportunity in week three. But I just I have a hard time saying that he's going to play much if we're going to see a lot of them. And if Mason has himself a game again, I just don't know how you sit around and say. Let's not see what happens, you know? Let's not see what... And I think that if Kenny went down in the season, which, knock on wood, that never happens. I just... I don't assume that... I think that going into the game, Mitch Trubisky would go in. I think that practice week, they'd have an opportunity to to compete, and I think they'd open it up because there's just nothing that tells me that it's guaranteed for anybody right now. I think, again, I think I'm the only one that thinks that, except for you, maybe. And uh, when it happens... We could proudly say, along with everybody else listening and agreeing with us, we knew what we were talking about, and most of the time we do. So with that, I think that's a great place to end. Hopefully, the Pittsburgh Steelers open up a quarterback competition. Hopefully, we get to see how it rolls, because quarterback competitions are always fun, even if, especially, especially when you already oh. have a starter. Give me a backup quarterback competition all day, every day. Best Hell competitions, yeah. I think. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and like this video. Make sure to find everything live in the last week of training camp here from St. Vincent College at allsteelers.com. And find both of us on Twitter, including our Pitt Panther stuff at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg.